Welcome to the Center Ranch Church Weekly Podcast. We believe that faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Thanks so much for checking out the podcast. Here's this week's message. Awesome. Good to see you tonight. Thank you for being here. Getting a couple of our Seesaw students involved in the service. They did an awesome job. Good job, guys. Super good. Good work. Good work. Uh, for those of you that were with us last night, we had a dream team night up at the movie theater. Uh, just really appreciate everyone who serves on our dream team. Got to see a, a great movie together. Enjoy just getting to, to spend time with you. Um, so tonight we're going to take a couple minutes to look at the Word of God and take some time to to pray together, so we'll receive communion and pray together around the altar in just a few minutes. Um, but I just want to share something before, before we do that. How many of you, sorry, I feel like my zipper's down. But I was trying to be subtle about it. I was just like, people are going to start thinking. Anyway, it's up. We're in good shape. Uh, how many of you have ever, have ever lied? Right, so all of us at some point, we've lied to some extent, whether it's a little fib, a white lie, um, probably most of us, if we lied, it was just accidentally, we were just confused or, or something. Um, but you can actually get really good at lying, right? It's a skill that can be developed over time, and there's some people that are very good at lying. I, I used to lie. Uh, I don't like to lie anymore, which is you know, good for someone in my line of work. It's just good for a Christian in, in general. But I, I used to lie when I wasn't serving the Lord. Um, now it makes me super uncomfortable and rightly so. But even it makes me uncomfortable to the point where even when we play games, where lying is part of the game. I don't like I don't like that part of the game. So I don't know if you've ever played the game Killer. Um, game that we, we used to play a lot in youth group and um, a game where you, you get cards and there's one person that's secretly the killer and you're trying to figure out who it is and it's just kind of, uh, I don't know if you've played or not. But I, just as a little bit of a confession, uh, I've been playing that game with Pastor Christina, Pastor Jonathan, since they were in youth group and my wife doesn't like to play so she like distributes the cards. My wife always rigs it. So that's why I'm never the killer. That's, you said something when we were at staff retreat. You're like, how come you're never, I, I, don't, I don't even like to lie in the game, so I have her secretly stack the deck, so I'm never, I'm never the person, so I never have to, I don't even like to pretend, it just makes me uncomfortable, I don't like lying, even pretend, even pretend lying. But it, it's a skill you can develop and get really good at to the point where some people are like con men, right? They, that's what they do for a living. They're just so good at deceiving people. Um, and the more you do it, I guess it's, a, a, you know, you just get better and better. And Jesus said in the last times that deception would become uh, more deceiving. It would get like, uh, it would increase over time. In Matthew chapter 24, verse 24, he says, For false messiahs and false prophets will rise up and perform great signs and wonders so as to deceive, if possible, even God's, God's chosen ones. Deceptions would come, and the lives would get so good, they'd be so well-crafted, so well-presented, that, that it would almost deceive even the elect or, or the chosen ones. That there would be deceptions that would actually cause people to, to turn from serving the Lord and, and stop serving. And people wouldn't realize that that's what they're doing, but they'd actually be turning from the right path and getting on to the wrong path and choosing... Uh, to not go to heaven, but to eventually go to hell because they've been deceived by lies 
by lies of the enemy. And because deception is going to increase, that's one of the reasons that, that we need to love God's word. We, we need to read God's word. We need to know God's word. We need to hide God's word in our heart. We need to cherish the word of God. We need to respect the word of God. We need to allow God's word to have uh, full authority in, in our lives because God's word is light and God's word drives out darkness. And so if, if deception is going to come and we're warned, Jesus warns us that deception is coming and it's gonna be so, so deceptive that it's gonna take out even if possible, the, the elect, then if lies are coming, then I need to increase my love for truth. I need to increase my awareness, my familiarity with, with truth. In Psalm 119, it says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I've hidden your word in my heart so that I might not sin against you. So there's kind of two different levels that that applies. I've hidden your word in my heart, and as a result of hiding God's word in my heart, what, what happens? That I won't sin against the Lord. So one level of understanding is I put God's word in my heart. Why? So I won't do bad things. That having God's word put in my heart, it will keep me from cheating on my wife. If I keep God's word and I cherish it in my heart, and I keep sowing in my heart, it'll keep me from being uh, dishonest with finances. If I hide God's word in my heart, it will, it will help me to not look at bad things on the internet. I've hidden God's word in my heart so that I will be, I walk in holiness. I won't sin against the Lord. That word that's translated sin in the Hebrew, literally it means to go wrong. Right? So what, one, I've hidden God's word in my heart so I won't do naughty things, I won't do bad things, but I've also hidden God's word in my heart so I won't go wrong, that I, I won't get pulled off the path, that I'll keep myself on the right track. I'll continue. If I'm not going wrong, then I'm going right. So God, God's word is so incredibly important. And I just want to take a few minutes to, to talk about that. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to John chapter 1. John chapter 1, we'll read the first few verses Starting in verse one, it says, in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never Extinguish it. So it says, in the beginning, what was there in the beginning? In the beginning, there was the word. That that's what was in the beginning. In the beginning, there, there was the word. The word was God, God was the word. In the beginning was the word. That, that's what there was in the beginning, according to this passage, right? In the beginning, there was the word. And so everything else besides the word Came, came from the word, because in the, in the beginning, that's what there was. In fact, that's what he goes on to say, that everything that has been created, everything that has come after the beginning has come from, from the word of God. Verse four and five again, it says, the word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish, never overcome, never, never comprehend the light. So light and life come through, come through the word. Darkness can never defeat it. So 
Darkness can never defeat light. Where does light come from? Light comes from the word. So the entrance of his word brings light. When I hide God's word in my heart, I'm, I'm bringing light into my life. I'm injecting my life with a force that the Bible says can never be overcome. It can never be defeated. It's un, undefeatable. Unbeatable is, is a force that I'm bringing into my life. When, when the word comes in, light comes from the word and darkness has never been able to defeat it. It'll never be able to defeat it. And it comes, it comes from the word of God. And it goes consistent with what we've been talking about on Sunday mornings, that this is the victory that overcomes the world. What? Our faith. Where does faith come from? Faith comes from the word. Faith comes by hearing, hearing, hearing the word of God. That light can't be defeated by darkness. Where does light come from? Light comes from, from the word of God. That the word of God is a point of origination. That everything God wants to do in you, everything God wants to do through you, everything that God does, the starting point is the word of God. And that's, that's important for us to understand. In, in Mark chapter four, Jesus tells the story of the parable. Right? We all know the story of, of the parable sowing seed. There's a farmer goes out, he throws seed, some falls on the path, some falls on, on shallow soil, some falls among weeds, some falls on good soil. Some's gobbled up by birds, some starts to grow and then it stops growing, some grows up and is choked out by weeds, and others, the ones on good soil, it grows and it, it produces 30, 60, 100 fold what, what was planted. So Jesus tells this story and when he's done, the disciples say, Jesus, that was an amazing story. What a good story. Thank you for telling us that story. The thing is, we don't have any idea what you're talking about. What, what does that story mean? And so Jesus has to explain what, what the story means. He's talking about this seed going out. And in Mark chapter 4, verse 13, it says, Then Jesus said to them, If you can't understand the meaning of this parable, how will you understand all, all the other parables? If you can't understand this, what I've just told you in this parable, if you can't understand this, then how are you going to understand all the other things that I want to tell you and everything that comes, comes after this? What, what, what Jesus wasn't saying, it, he wasn't talking about how easy that parable was to understand. He wasn't saying, if you guys can't crack this riddle, if you can't solve this riddle, then you'll never be able to understand all the, I've got lots of other parables. I've got so many riddles and they're much harder than this one. This is the easiest riddle I know. And if you don't understand it, then you'll never understand anything else. That's not what he was saying. He was saying that this is foundational, that there was a truth in this, in this parable that every other revelation was going to stem from the truth that's contained in this parable. That if you don't understand this, this holds the key to all other light, all, all other understanding, everything else I want to do is it's, it's going to stem from, come from this. So it's important that we, we appreciate what he's saying here. Now, what, when he's talking about the, the parable of the seed, what's he talking about? There's lots of different things. There's uh, the, the seed on the path, seed in shallow soil. There's birds, there's thorns, there's weeds. There's all these different kinds of things. But what, what is the consistent? So there's lots of things we can glean from the parable of the sower, absolutely. But the consistent thing is, the word of God is the seed. God's word is a seed. God's word is the seed. And so he's saying, unless you appreciate and understand this key thing, then you're never going to, to gain more understanding and enlightenment unless you appreciate and truly value and understand just how crucial and precious the word of God is to the point that everything God wants to show you, everything he wants to say to you, it all comes back to the word of God. And so it's important how we perceive the word of God. It's important how we perceive it because how you perceive something determines how you receive something. 
How you perceive it will determine how you receive it. It's true with the word of God. It's true in all all kinds of areas of life. You've seen somebody uh, maybe that looked like they were homeless and the way that you approach them might have been different than when you see someone that looks like they're a politician or a polished businessman. I'm not saying it's right, right or wrong. We we need to interact with people appropriately and, and all of that. But I'm just saying the way you perceive it does really affect the way that you receive, and certainly, certainly with the word of God. In fact, if we skip down a couple of verses, in verse 10 of John chapter 1, it says, He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. So the creator came to what he created, and the created didn't even understand or recognize the one who had created them. The creation didn't recognize the creator. So he came to the very world he created and the world didn't recognize him. Verse 11, he came to his people and they rejected him. Why did they reject him? Why did people reject Jesus? Because they didn't, they didn't recognize him, right? Those, those two statements are linked together. Because they didn't perceive him, and people had all kinds of different perceptions of Jesus, all, all different levels. There were some people that thought Jesus is bad. He's a blasphemer. He's, he's working with the devil. He's, he's full of demons, and he's just, he's, he's a bad, he's a bad guy, right? People had that perception, and that obviously affected the way that they received him. There's some people that thought just kind of neutral. It wasn't bad. There's people in Nazareth that said, isn't this, this is Mary and Joseph's kid? He grew up down the street. We used to see him playing baseball in this empty lot or whatever. He's just just a guy. They had a neutral perception. Then there's some people that had a good perception of Jesus. Uh, When Jesus said, who do men say that I am? Well, they think you're one of the prophets. They think you're like maybe Jeremiah or Elisha that's come back. Some people say you're John the Baptist, raised from the dead. They they had a, a, a high regard for him. But all of, that, all of that is not proper perception because Jesus wasn't any of those things. He was, he was the son of God, the Messiah. He is the son of God, right? So, so any of those understandings would, would be a misappropriate uh, reception of Jesus. If you receive Jesus as just a guy, you've missed it. If you receive Jesus as uh, a really, really, really good guy, you've, you've still missed it. And this isn't just about Jesus because in this passage, he's letting us know that these things run parallel, the word of God and Jesus, that they're intermingled, they're, they're one and the same. So we, we can apply it to the word of God as well. That you can, you can think things about the word of God. There's some people that think God's word is bad. This is a bad book. It's full of lies. They shouldn't even allow it to be printed. It's a, some people think, eh, I mean, it's... It's an ancient book. It's just kind of neutral. Some people think, you know, it's really good. There's some nice, like nice teachings. But all of those, just like you, you wouldn't benefit from Jesus if you didn't really perceive him for what he really is, you're gonna miss out on the word of God and what it's able to do in your life if we don't perceive it as this is the breath of God. This is truth. This is, this is life. Everything God wants to do comes to me from, from this. And if I perceive it as anything less, then I'm going to receive it inappropriately. And if I receive it inappropriately, it's not going to accomplish what God set it out out to do in my life. People encountered Jesus all the time. Encountering the word of God wasn't enough. There had to be a proper perception, which led to a proper reception for it to be beneficial in their lives. It's not just enough to have an encounter with the word of God when you come to church like you are right now. It's not just enough to get up in the morning and read God's word. It's not, not enough to be on a Bible reading program. If we're, if we're not perceiving it for what it really is, that this is God-breathed. Then when I read this, God is breathing into me. He's revealing. This is something I can build my life on. It's bringing light into my life. It says that it gave life to everything. That the word of God gives life to what? 
everything. What in your life needs life? Your, your marriage, your hope, your, your peace, your joy, your, your vision, your emotions. What, what needs life? It gives life to everything. Every, the word of God gives life to everything. And so we, we've, got, we've got to have a perception of the word of God that is in line with what the word of God really is. And anything less than that will keep us, prevent us from the light that God wants to bring. What, what areas need life? What areas need light? He, he brought life and that life gave light. What areas feel like, man, there's darkness in my life. I feel like I mean, there's a cloud over my life in this area. I feel like there's a cloud of depression. There's just kind of darkness creeping into my marriage. What, what, whatever it is, there's a force that can bring an un, unbeatable, a, a, a force that can't be defeated into your life. It's the, it's the word of God. But if I, if I handle it as just, this is really, really good, good religious stuff. I, I've got to understand what, what it really is in my life. So uh, we'll read the next couple of verses. So I'm gonna ask the, the band to go ahead and come back up and start playing. We'll get ready to pray here in just a moment. Uh, verse, verse 12, it says, but all who believed him and accepted him he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes, a birth that comes from God. Verse 12 again, but to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. So the people that believed him, the people that accepted him, the, the people who received him, why, why did they do that? Because they recognized him, right? They, they, they perceived him properly, so they received him. And what happened when they received? He gave them the right to become children uh, of God. That word in your Bible, I, I don't know if yours has like a little uh, number with a footnote of uh, a, a more accurate or another translation. I read to you from the New Living. It says he gave them the right. Other translations say he gave... He gave the privilege. Literally in the Greek, it, actually that word most often is, is translated as authority or power. That to those who received him, to those who recognized him, those who, who understood what they were dealing with, he gave them the power. He gave them the authority to operate in life as, as children of God, as sons and daughters of, of God. And again, this doesn't just apply to Jesus. I mean, it's Jesus, Jesus in the word. So what he's telling us about Jesus, he starts off saying, hey, these things are running parallel. These things are running with one another. So to all who receive, all who recognize the validity, the, the beauty, the, the, the holiness, the life, the power of the word of God, if I receive this, if I really receive it, then he gives me authority and he gives me power to operate in this life as a son of God, as a daughter of God. The thing about authority is, just like he says, he gives the right, gives the power. You don't have to use it. Uh, I've used this illustration before, but I just encountered it this morning, so I'll use it again. A police officer has authority, right? They don't have to use it. I got pulled over this morning on the way to church. I'm just now telling my wife that. I got, I got pulled over. It's safest to say those kinds of things in front of a crowd. So I got, I got pulled over this morning um, for a couple of reasons. And the, 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 the police officer ended up being very kind to me and gracious. And he had, he had the right, he had the power, he had reasons to give me a ticket. 
but he didn't use that power. He didn't use that authority. He had to make a decision. He looked at me and I made puppy, puppy dog eyes, worked up a few tears. No, I didn't. But so he had a decision to make. I've got this authority. I've got this guy. What am I going, going to do? And I'm either going to exercise this power, exercise this right, exercise this authority, or say, you know what? I'm not going to do it. Well, similarly, all who receive this receive power, authority to operate as sons of God. Rodney prayed that way. Rodney, when he was up here praying, I'm praying from a position of victory. I'm not trying to get into victory. I'm, I'm coming at it from the angle of I am the victor. That's coming at it like a son of God. He's choosing to exercise a right that he's received by understanding what God's word. He shared, he shared a few passages. So th this is the reason I know this is true. This is how I'm gonna approach this situation. I have a right, I have the power, I have the authority to come into this need, to approach this time of prayer from the standpoint, I am a son of God. I'm in his family. I've got power and authority that he gives us the right through, through understanding and properly to all who receive the word of God. If you receive the word of God, you crack it open, you understand, man, this is speaking to me. The word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. It's able to divide things, cut things out of my life, bring things into my life. When I understand what it is that I'm handling, man, when I receive it properly, it gives me the power to step into this situation, to walk through my day, to handle my marriage, to handle this decision. I'm not just some guy that really, really likes church stuff. I am a son of God. You're a son, you're a daughter of God. You've got that right or you have privilege. He doesn't force it on us. He opens up that right and privilege. You have that authority. It's just whether or not we use it. There's production in our life that comes from reception. And that reception comes from perception. The way I perceive determines how I receive, and that's going to determine how I produce in, in my life. That Peter understood, Jesus, you're, you're not just some guy. You're, you're not John the Baptist. You're not a prophet of old. You are the Messiah. You are the Messiah. You're the son of the living God. And what did Jesus say to him when he said that? Man, flesh and blood didn't, didn't reveal that to you. The Father has revealed this to you that you received, you received revelation to be able to properly perceive who I am. You're not like those people who don't recognize. You recognize because God's done a work in your heart. He, he's revealed it to you. So I wanna take some time to pray tonight as we have communion that God would do that in our lives. Father, give me fresh perception. And I know, I mean, we're here on a Wednesday night. These are you, you're, you're people that already love God's word, but can our value can our, our, the way that we cherish, the level I engage in God's word, can that intensify? Can, is, is there any more depth, any more light I can receive? Absolutely. God, open my eyes. Help Show me things. Give me a, a fresh love and appreciation for the word of God. Show me where I'm not walking in that authority. I'm not using that power. I'm not using that ability as your son, as your daughter. And so we're going to receive communion here in just a moment. In fact, you guys can come up with those buckets and just stand here for, for a moment. And these are things that we've talked about with, with communion over and over, but Jesus said we're supposed to every time remember what he's a accomplished for us, this do as often as you do it in remembrance of me. That one of the things we can encounter when we encounter the communion meal is life. That's what we talked about with the word of God. In, in Leviticus chapter 16, it talks about in the old covenant over and over again, don't consume blood because it says the life of every creature is in its blood. That was part of the covenant. No blood. Drain the blood. You can't have blood. Why? Because the life is in the blood. In the new covenant, Jesus says, hey, this, this blood is the covenant. This blood is the covenant. You, you drink my blood. It's the covenant. Why? Because there's life. There's life. 
life and light. That's what it says in John chapter one. The word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light, life and light brought light to everyone. Luke chapter 24, on the road to Emmaus, those men that were with Jesus, they didn't recognize him. They didn't recognize him until Jesus took bread and broke it. And when he gave thanks, their eyes popped open. They received the light. Oh, we see, we, rec we didn't recognize, we didn't perceive, now, now we do. So I, I wanna receive communion and here's how I'd like to do it. You can go ahead and stand to your feet. Pastor Jonathan and the band are going to lead us. I'm, I'm gonna ask you to come forward here in just a moment. Take the elements, find a place at the altar. I want you to pair up with someone. And if it's not your, your spouse or your child or your parent, then I'm gonna ask guys with guys, girls with girls. You pair up and receive communion together. And I, I want you to pray for each other. Pray for each other for light and life, fresh understanding, fresh, fresh love, fresh passion for the word of God, that God would release fresh life into each one of us. And so I might be stretching some of you out of your comfort zone, but that, that's okay. Just go ahead and lift your hands. Father, we love you. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word gives life to everything. So Father, as we come and spend time at the altar seeking you, as we receive the communion elements, I, I declare this bread not just to be bread, but to be the broken body of Jesus, broken for us. It isn't just juice, it's the shed blood of Jesus, a new covenant for us. Father, that every area of our life, every area of our understanding that needs light, that needs life, it would receive it fresh and anew tonight in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Father, as we take time to pray together, as brothers and sisters in Christ, Father, your Holy Spirit would minister through us that the body of Christ would be edified, built up. We praise you and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name. You can go ahead and start coming. Grab some communion, find a place and someone to pray with. We're just gonna take some time around the altar just to seek the Lord together as a family. Well, that's this week's message. Thanks for joining us. To stay connected with us throughout the week, make sure you follow us on Instagram and Facebook. You can also watch previous week's services on our YouTube page.